<laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator, and welcome to Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the special editions. Oh, yes. Now, to give sort of a background, the Star Wars original trilogy has been subjected to many changes and alterations over the years. Beginning to be there the first week it came out. Yes. Yes, there were some minor modifications made to it after its original 70 millimeter run in 1977. Um, I think George Lucas made some very minor alterations to the sound. But it's a little bit interesting because in those days, mono sound was the way that movies were seen in the theater. Not the Dolby surround sound that we know today. But, um, so often a film would have multiple mixes, uh, sound mixes. Uh, there would be the, you know, mono sound, and then there would be or the digital surround sound. Uh, if I understand correctly, George Lucas was one of the pioneers of having movie theaters upgrade their equipment so that they could uh, show movies with, a new, with an improved Dolby mix. And that has become an industry standard to this day. Yet another thing that George Lucas changed in the way we view movies. But I believe that there were some minor changes to the audio mix of the movie that that happened within like a couple of weeks of its release. And then, of course, after the... Well, let me back up a little. The Empire Strikes Back in 1980 was the first Star Wars film to have an episode number. That, of course, being episode five. Yes, the original movie did not originally have a episode four, A New Hope, subtitle on it. Yet another minor change. In 1981, for a theatrical re-release, uh, George Lucas added that minor alteration so that Star Wars now says Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope. So to make a long story short, the master, Lucas himself, likes to change or has liked to tinker with his original trilogy for many years. Now I happen to own the unaltered copies. Uh, I'm not sure which sound mix I've got on the unaltered one. Well, there are some minor differences on the mono track and the Dolby track, I believe. Uh, maybe it lets me choose. I'm not exactly sure. I've never actually fiddled with that. 
but the one, the copy that I have does not include the episode for A New Hope. It just says Star Wars, and then it begins the opening crawl. Okay. So let's get to the elephant in the room. In 1997, for the 20th anniversary of Star Wars, President's Day weekend 1997 began a re-release of the Star Wars original trilogy. All three of which I saw. Uh, I believe at the Winchester Domes, which are no longer there. But I do remember being in the theater in 97, particularly for... uh, I particularly remember being in the theater for Return of the Jedi. But I saw all three. This was when the Star Wars original trilogy was subjected to the most changes. Uh, Alterations? Not only were they digitally remastered, which, thank goodness for that. You know, just giving a good cleanup for modern presentation. But there were minor alterations. Additional shots of CG. Uh, in the case of the original film, one deleted scene was added back in. And that's Luke's, Luke meeting Biggs at the Rebel base. Uh, which is really is really nice to get to see that. So that when Biggs dies, you know, we, we, we feel it a little more because we got to meet him a little bit. Um, and some of the changes were, you know, fairly minor, like a couple of... Uh, a couple of neat shots of um, the Millennium Falcon taking off and and uh, some of the Battle of Yavin at the end had some uh, digital shots added in that were not too distracting. But of course, this gets us to some of the bigger changes. Uh, in particular with the original film, the Jabba the Hutt scene, another deleted scene that was added back in. But Jabba looks pretty bad in that 97 CGI. And of course, we could talk endlessly about particularly the changes made to Return of the Jedi with the dance sequence in Jabba's Palace. Which, in my opinion, is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, And also, briefly, let me just talk about Aiden Christensen. The alteration of the Force Ghost at the end of Return of the Jedi for the 2004 DVD release replaced actor Sebastian Shaw with Hayden Christensen. Now, I've come to accept that or be okay with it now. Though I do have my quibbles as to why he was in that form. But I think that at the time we didn't want to see that because we didn't want to be reminded of Hayden Christensen in the prequels. Because this was before the DVDs were released. Before Revenge of the Sith, but after Attack of the Clones. So, 
I think a lot of fans were not in a particular mood to see Aiden's face. Okay, with all that out of the way, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about should George Lucas have made the special edition. See you in just a moment. Okay, and that was a word about our sponsor. Now, the 1997 special edition release, the 2004 DVD release, the 2011 Blu-ray release, and just recently the Disney Plus release, have all had contained alterations, big or small, made by George Lucas. Now, as we know, some of these drive the fans nuts. I can only speak for myself, though, because it's kind of weird to say the fans, because I really just can only speak from my own perspective. A lot of the changes I do not like. A lot of them I'm okay with. So, it's an, an interesting situation. Now the big question. Should George Lucas have done this? Well, there was a time when I would have said, no, he should not have done this. But I've softened that opinion, and here's why. George Lucas made director's cuts of his movies. If we were to say George Lucas should not have made the special edition and subsequent releases, then we would be saying that no director has the right to make a director's cut of their film. And that I disagree with completely. Let me give you some examples. The Lord of the Rings Extended Editions, which, to be fair, are the only versions I watch. The Blade Runner Final Cut. The Watchmen Special Edition. Or should I say Watchmen Director's Cut. There's so many. Uh, Aliens, which I just watched the other day. There are so many I could list where I believe that the director's cut greatly improved upon the film, and I prefer the director's cut over the original cut. Kingdom of Heaven is another Ridley Scott movie. Uh, Ridley Scott with Blade Runner and Kingdom of Heaven as films that were well, greatly improved, though Blade Runner only needed a few things changed to make it great. So, suffice to say, there are a lot of director's cuts out there, which I prefer, and I'm glad that they did, because I really think it made a better product. Now, in my opinion, the various alterations to Star Wars did not improve the product. But, 
I cannot be. I cannot be. How shall I put this? I should not be the one to tell George Lucas. You shouldn't have done that. You need to leave those films alone. I think that I, I used to believe. You shouldn't have altered those films because those films belong to the fans. And I realize now that that was an extremely incorrect assumption. The films do not belong to the fans. I know this sounds like heresy. But films are art, and they belong to the artist. The the fact that George Lucas modified them is his right as a filmmaker. His right as an artist. We may not like them, but it's his right. But this brings us to what I think is the chief crime. And that is telling us what version we have to watch. Many of the great director's cuts, or rather releases of movies that have been cut, come in multiple versions. Legend, Blade Runner, Aliens, uh, Superman. Superman 2, particularly. Kingdom of Heaven. A lot of the movies that have had director's cuts or multiple cuts, like Blade Runner, are often available to purchase in multiple formats. Not formats, but multiple versions, I mean. Meaning that you are allowed access to whichever cut you prefer. That is not the case with Star Wars. Now, yes, George Lucas did re-release, reluctantly, the original unaltered cuts of Star Wars. But they were not handled with the care that was they that they they were not handled with much care. And so they were not given a dig- digital cleanup for modern presentation. Which I think even in other movies that give you the option to get the theatrical cut versus the director's cut, they still clean up the theatrical cut to be presentable. That was not the case with the re-releases with the 2006 limited re-release of the DVDs, which included the the altered versions and the unaltered versions. Reluctantly from George Lucas. But George Lucas does not want us to watch the original cuts. He is very much a, this is the only cut you should be watching. And dare I say, he now maybe he does have the legal right, but I do not believe that it is ethical for him to deny us which cuts we would rather watch. Now, the question on a lot of people's minds is, will they be re-released now? 
Will we finally on Blu-ray get the unaltered versions? And at the moment, no. But I think that there is still a possibility that it might happen. I do not know what the legal situation is. So I think, personally, the ideal release would be give us a kind of a 4K set with the Blu-ray versions, the DVD versions, the special editions, and the original cuts. All in one package. Even if that's a digital package, I think that's what should happen. Personally. Now, like I said, he has the right to modify his films. We should not be so presumptuous to say that it only belongs to the fans. Now, is it true that George Lucas has a bit of a sour relationship with the fans? Yes. As he has always been a bit dismissive of the fandom, I think. In, in his own way. I don't think he actively means to be disrespectful to the fans. But I think it's just his way, as an artist, feeling that it belongs to him and no one else. And that is true. It is his art. However, I do not believe he should have the right to tell us which version we should watch. So ideally, making all versions available, like they did with Blade Runner, would be quite nice. Will it ever happen? I don't know. But I think... I'll sum it up this way. I don't like the special editions or the DVD editions or the Blu-ray editions or Disney Plus with McClunky. To be fair, they did not add that. George Lucas did. I don't like them, but but there is a whole generation now of younger folks who have grown up and the only versions they know are the modified versions. Particularly now the Blu-rays as, as they're coming of age. So to them, a lot of them, it's not so big of a deal. But to those of us who are old enough to remember the unaltered versions, it's kind of a big deal. But like I said, as a filmmaker, he has the right to modify his films but I do not believe he has the right to tell us which versions we should be watching. Maybe if we're really lucky, we'll get the unaltered versions at some point. Given the proper care that I think they deserve. So, those are my thoughts on the altered versions of the Star Wars films. Let me know what you think. My name is Brendan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. Thank you for tuning in. The page turn as they were not my Star Wars podcast. May the force be with you.